Since you enjoy this show, I thought I'd throw out there another podcast you might like. It's a show about the intersection of design, technology, and the creative process. It's the Design Better podcast. And in each episode, hosts Eli Woolery and Aaron Walter bring you conversations with inspiring creative thinkers like John Cleese and David Sedaris, people who bring design and technology together like Tony Fadal, co-inventor of the iPhone and the iPod. So far, some standout episodes for me have been when they talk to John Cleese of Monty Python about creativity. That is one of my favorite topics and one of my favorite people. Then also one of my favorite musicians, Tycho, about his creative process. And they talk with Seth Godin about how creativity is an act of generosity. I've always been fascinated by design, the creativity behind it, the implementation of it, both to improve our lives from a functionality and user interface standpoint, also from an artful bringing beauty into the world approach. So whether you're a design curious person like me or a design pro, Design Better is a great listen that inspires and informs. Subscribe to the Design Better podcast at designbetterpodcast.com or in your favorite podcast app like the one you're using right now. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Beyond the To-Do List. I am your host, Eric Fisher. This is the show where we talk to the people behind the productivity. This week, I'm speaking with Jocelyn Gly. She is the editor-in-chief of 99U.com and the executive producer of the 99U Conference, as well as the editor of the new book, Manage Your Day Today. We're going to talk about what that book is, as well as how she does some of the stuff that is in the book. It is a brand new book. I love it. I got it on Kindle and I highly suggest everybody get it. Anyway, let's get into the interview. Well, this week is my great privilege to talk to Jocelyn Gly of 99U and welcome to the show. Thanks, Eric. Glad to be here. So for people that don't know what 99U is, what is that? Uh, 99U is essentially, um, you know, kind of the think tank of Behance, where we try to provide the what we call the missing curriculum on making ideas happen. So it's really all that stuff that you don't learn in school about idea execution. Um, the name 99U actually comes from the Thomas Edison quotation: "Genius is one percent inspiration and ninety-nine percent perspiration." So we really try to focus on that ninety-nine percent perspiration. We figure that. Creatives already have enough ideas, and what we really struggle with is executing them. So, you know, everything that we do at 99U, the website, the conference, and now this book series that we just launched is really about kind of sharing pragmatic insights and tips with people on how they can make their ideas happen. Now, I recognize the name Making Ideas Happen from the book, which is written by Scott Belsky, who is also basically well, the starter of it, isn't he? Yeah, he's the founder. Um, he's the co-founder of Behance and uh, the original founder of 99U. Uh, the, there was kind of a nascent uh, version of, of 99U that was actually the Behance magazine many moons ago. Okay. Um, and then later kind of got transformed into the 99U.com website. Um, we launched that, that first conference, 99U conference, back in 2009. 
Okay. And for some people that don't know, Behance is also – it's owned by Adobe. It's an Adobe product, right? Yes. We were acquired by Adobe at the end of last year. Okay. So they didn't actually create it, but you, they were acquired, you were acquired by it. What is Behance? I mean, Behance is essentially, um, you know, it's a network at Behance.com, which now hosts the portfolios, creative portfolios of millions of creatives around the world. We sometimes refer to it as the, the LinkedIn of the creative world as a sort of shorthand. Yeah. But it's really, you know, a place for um, creatives to come and showcase their portfolios in a very visual fashion um, and to have their work get discovered. Um, you know, we really feel like it's great to have your own personal website. But unless someone kind of already knows who you are, they're not really going to end up on your personal website. So by creating Behance, which is this platform that is aggregating the creative work of everyone around the world, we get, you know, your, your work is going to get infinitely more exposure just by being part of this Behance ecosystem. And it also, you know, the kind of flip side of that is it creates this amazing stream of, you know, kind of inspiration and motivation for creatives by seeing all of the work that everyone else is doing around the world as they upload it to Behance on a daily basis. Yeah. I knew of Behance, but I hadn't actually ever looked at it. And I got to mm-hmm. say, when I was just going through there, I'd been there a couple times, but this time when I actually was sitting there looking through the stuff, I'm, I mean, you've got so many people on here that are doing just such awesome work. It kind of yeah, blows my mind. Yeah, it's really incredible. And I mean, one of the things, I think the motivating um, principles behind Behance is always been about really making it for creative professionals, um, you know, really kind of setting the bar high for the way, you know, the way that we encourage people to present their work. And that kind of invites this very, um, you know, kind of high level, motivated level of creative to participate on the platform. And, you know, the community has really grown over, you know, I guess about the past six, seven years now. And there's just really an amazing, like just constant stream of incredible work from around the world. You know, if you if you sign up for an account, I don't know if you have, but then you basically have an activity feed. So as you know, you can follow different creatives, and as that's happening, um, you know, every time they appreciate a project or follow someone new, it like just appears in your activity stream, and so you have this constant, almost like diet of creative work coming up on your stream. It's, it's really quite remarkable. And then when you say the word creative or great creative people, you're really Though not trying to limit it, you're really kind of uh, drilling down just into more the graphical experience, correct? I mean, I would say that's to a degree true for uh, Behance because obviously the way that the platform is built, it's it's all about you know the sort of visual display of work that sort of naturally uh, plays very well with you know photographers and filmmakers and fashion photographers and architects and you know people who have very visual work more so than say. A writer, for instance, but I think that as Behance gains more exposure as a platform, people become more aware of it. There's something that's really powerful about displaying your work in a visual way, no matter what type of work it is. Mm-hmm. You know, so if you think about you know my work as a as a writer and as an editor, I have a profile on Behance, and you know we, for instance, did a really beautiful project on this new book that we have out, shooting photos of the book and showing the design of the book. And I think that sort of instant visual impression is really powerful. And, you know, I think that people really like to see those tangible things. So even people who are not necessarily solely working in that visual space can still derive a lot of benefit from it. Yeah, um, I'm, but I would I'm, say for 99U, 
sorry, for 99U, I would say the difference is for 99U, it's absolutely not just for explicitly creatives who are producing visual work by any means. I mean, I define creative work as any kind of work that really involves creative problem solving, you know, which I would say is, is most people's jobs these days. Um, I think that the stuff that we dig into and the stuff that we share there can really apply quite broadly to people doing all different kinds of work. Yeah. I was going to say, like, I'm not a photographer. I don't have any kind of illustrative talent whatsoever, but I found great benefit in going through and just looking at some of these creations that people have done on their Behance accounts. And then, yeah, what you just said is, is a wholeheartedly true with some of the, the articles and the videos and especially now the books that are coming out of 99U specifically because you're tackling how people do work regardless of what work it is they do, how to better do that. Absolutely. And I think, you know, some of the stuff that we get into, particularly in this new book, Manager Day to Day, is very much like how do you work in this kind of new world of work that we all live in, you know, where we're kind of constantly being distracted or constantly being interrupted or constantly dealing with information overload. But you are doing some type of creative work that really also requires you to really be able to kind of drop into the flow and get into this creative zone in order to really get something done. And, you know, navigating that dynamic is something that we obviously address in the book, but we also talk about a lot on on 99u.com, I think, figuring out how to navigate that, which is something that everyone struggles with. Yeah. And if that's not enough, you've also won awards, Webby Awards, for being the best cultural blog for 2011 and 2012. So that's definitely something there as well. Yeah, no, that was that was absolutely amazing to uh, to do that two years in a row. And I think one of the things that's kind of interesting about our approach to editorial that I'm not sure if you're aware of is that it's really, you know, we take a much more sort of quality over quantity approach. Mm-hmm. We don't publish a lot of features and every single feature that we publish, we really try to make it what we sort of call evergreen. So it'll be as useful today as it will be four years from now. So that, you know, what we're building is this like encyclopedic resource of tips on idea execution, as opposed to just trying to sort of be on top of what like the current thing of the moment is. Right. Yeah. I, I definitely have found that to be true for myself where, you know, a friend of mine will tweet something out and it's an article on 99U and it's, you know, two years old or something like that. And it's still just as ever something if I've not wrestled with or, or figured out my way through that common obstacle to doing my work, it's just as beneficial to me now as it was when it was written. Awesome. That's, that's, that's great to hear. That's, yeah. that's what we're going for. And, and again, it's one of those things where some people, they get, you know, there's, there's productivity blogs where it's, you know, linking to all these other different places. I love the fact that you guys are going for such a clean and just pared down look as well as taking that to the editorial, which, you know, I guess I got a credit to you because you are the editor, aren't you? Yeah, I'm so, the editor-in-chief. So really, really good style of doing that because you're literally just doing the best of the best and trying to make it timely every single time. So, yeah, it's apparent. Yeah, thank you. Well, and I think one of the things that's interesting is that, you know, we, we try to really drill down and not – we don't want to waste your time, right? If you're, you're a creative and you should be executing ideas, you know, we don't want to, you know, try to take you down a, a link bait hole or <laughs> direct you somewhere else. It's really all – it's very much like a let's get you great content, let's get you some great insights, and then we'll send you on your way because, you, you know, we want you to be making great things happen. Yeah, exactly. 
So then you got the articles on 99U, which you've kind of called an online magazine, which I, I like that as well. You've got the 99U conference, which you just wrapped up earlier this month. Is that correct? Yeah, we just did the um, fifth conference here in New York at Lincoln Center on May 2nd and 3rd. And um, it was a huge year for us because we were moving to a new venue and we went from about 400 people last year to a sold-out conference with about 1,000 people this year. So that was, a, that was a big jump, but it went incredibly well. And, and it was really interesting. We got some amazing feedback. You know, whenever you make that kind of jump as a business, you know, or an event, you scale in size. You always kind of wonder you worry about like diluting it or and and we did kind of everything we could to make the experience even tighter and and even better for people and and we got feedback from a lot of people who have come you know year over year and they still felt like this conference even at the larger size was the best one that they had ever been to so that was kind of you know as much as we could as we could hope for I think. Yeah, that's great. I definitely hope to attend some point in the future. Oh, you absolutely should. Next year will be I'm sure better than ever hopefully. Moving Still searching for a great candidate for your company? Don't search, just match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch that busy work. Instead, use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. I wish I had Indeed when I was in the hiring process in roles in the past because it is a slow, arduous headache of a process to find the right people or at least it used to be, join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to find and hire great talent fast. In fact, in the minute I've been talking to you, 23 hires were made on Indeed according to Indeed data worldwide. And listeners of the show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash to-do list. Just go to Indeed.com slash to-do list right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash to-do list. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. On, you've obviously you've got the first book, which was Making Ideas Happen. The new one, which is already doing amazingly well on Amazon, it's like the third best-selling book on Amazon currently as of the time of this recording, called Manage Your Day Today. What was the catalyst for this new book coming out? You know, well, I think we had had about, you know, 99U has been around for about five years now. And uh, taking what, what I was talking about, this evergreen approach to content, you know, we started to feel like we were really building something. And there was a way to, you know, share these resources beyond the website that would be really valuable for people, you know, and to kind of present it in a new format. So really, this book is the first in a three-book series uh, that we're doing now that's really kind of trying to tackle really some of the big questions about executing on your ideas and building a creative career. So Manage Your Day-to-Day is is the first installment, and, you know, it's really about uh, kind of going back to what I was talking about earlier, dealing with this sort of 21st century landscape of what we're all really dealing with sort of reactionary workflow. You know, we've got all these incoming requests or calls or texts or emails or coworker interruptions, and we're trying to deal with all that stuff and then still produce amazing creative work. And manager day to day is really about, you know, well, how do I, how do I do that? How do I like kind of take this new work landscape and all of these technological distractions that I'm facing and, build a new creative routine or creative practice for myself that's going to work and be really productive. 
And that's the focus of the first book. We didn't want to provide a single perspective on that because I think one of the things that that I've found from interviewing creatives for so many years now and, and of course being one myself is that, you know, a lot of times we don't really like these sort of like top-down rules systems that a lot of productivity books prescribe. It'll sort of be like one person being like, here's the thing that works for me, you know? But we all have our own idiosyncratic methods and ticks and works or weird clients that we work with. Sometimes those methods don't work as well. So what we did instead was we wanted to say, well, let's let's not just have one voice here. So we went out and we recruited, you know, 20 really just like leading creative minds and researchers and then kind of mapped out the different topics that I felt like were important to cover in this book, which is really building a daily routine, finding focus, learning how to disconnect from your technology and your tools, and then kind of sharpening your creative mind. You know, how do you find inspiration on a daily level? And then we asked these people to contribute on these different topics. And so we have this collection of really 20 incredible interviews and essays of these, you know, amazing folks, whether it's Tony Schwartz or Dana Raley or Seth Godin, you know, talking about what they found work, you know, works for them from years and years of experience. Yeah. I got the book earlier this week. I, my Kindle copy suddenly downloaded and I said, woohoo, and I quickly made time to, to sit and read. And it, it's exactly that. In, in a lot of ways, people that listen, you, you've done what is a really good, again, way to, to break it down is to have all these different perspectives on how to do those four core practices. And that's kind of what I've done with, with this podcast is I have all these different interviews with different people from all these different angles looking at those different topics. And so that's why when I saw the book that it was going to come out, I thought, oh, gosh, I really want to get more information and, and really get this out there. And obviously, it's doing really well even before people are hearing this episode. So that's great. Yeah, I, I couldn't help but pull some of the the different lessons out for myself and, and really highlight them and think, okay, this is one where it's going to take me not just reading it this time, but it's going to take me coming back around and really what initially grabbed me about it. And then two, how do I kind of adapt that to make my workflow work better for me when I'm doing my creative work? So it's been, it's already been helpful, which is great. That's fantastic. Yeah. And I think what you said there is really interesting. You know, how do I take this and, and adapt it for myself? And, you know, one thing that's kind of run behind all of the I guess, philosophy of 99U in both my work and, you know, I think um, some of Scott's writing and making ideas happen as well is that, you know, when you're thinking about it works the best if you create yourself. So I think, you know, that that's that part of that kind of sparked this approach of taking all of these different perspectives and then we kind of leave it in, you know, your hands, you, the reader, or you, you know, Eric Fisher in this case to say, okay, well, what are the things that really pertain to me? And then you can kind of apply them to how you do your work in a way that makes sense for you and in a way that's really going to be integrated as opposed to trying to take some sort of top-down system, you know, that's not really going to adapt to your specific workflow. Yeah, definitely. So then I have to ask, and I'm hoping it it really works out well, is that the idea behind uh, an organization like well, I guess three tiers down, it's Adobe Behance and then 99U. Um, you're working with creatives, but you are also creatives yourselves. What have been some of the struggles with these issues, maybe these things that you're addressing in the book, played out in your organization itself? 
yeah, well, I think, I mean, one of the things that's so amazing about um, working at Behance and, and, you know, heading up 99U is that, you know, we get to work on these, on these problems and these things that we care about every day, you know, which is really kind of empowering creative careers and, and kind of figuring out how to work better and, and how to work smarter. You know, we have some of the same struggles that, that everyone has. And so this book was a great, was a great learning experience for me too, in terms of editing it. You know, if you think about things like, like I'm sitting here in a, in a, you know, small conference room in our office, but we, like most people these days, work in a large open plan office. Um, you know, so we have that sort of same susceptibility to interruption and noise levels, you know, that I think so many people, you know, are dealing with these days, you know, we kind of have this enhanced, you know, possibility of collaboration, which is amazing, but also sometimes when you really want to focus and get things done, it's a problem. Um, so one thing that, you know, for instance, for a specific example, where we've all kind of switched over to like a, a laptop and just monitor approach so that we can be mobile. So if you need to go do something quiet, we have lots of little side rooms and quiet rooms where you can kind of basically like take your desk into another room and step away if you don't want to be you know, available for interruption. And, you know, I think there's any number of, you know, there could be infinite examples like that. So I think we have the same struggles that everyone has and a lot of, and that guided a lot of my thinking behind this book and thinking about what, what we wanted to cover in the first place. How about for you personally? I know that, you know, because you have your own unique perspective as well, who was the person that their thing just popped out and you thought, oh gosh, I need to make that change in my life that came from the book? Well, you know, one of the ones that I thought was so interesting, and of course it's, you know, they're sort of difficult for me to play favorites. One of the things that I find so interesting in changing my workflow, it's really useful for me to understand the psychology or sort of even the brain chemistry behind why we do certain things that we do, because I feel like when you really get to the root of that, it becomes easier to understand why you should make the change and then make the change. So the interview that I did with Dan Ariely, where he talks about very well-known behavioral economist, and he talks about the sort of psychology behind why we're so addicted to checking our email and checking Twitter and checking Facebook. You know, I don't know if you recall this part, but he sort of goes into basically why we like doing that so much is that it makes us feel like we're making progress. Mm -hmm. There's a researcher um, at Harvard, Teresa Mabale, who actually is uh, contributing to the second book in the series. And she has a book called The Progress Principle, where she studied, she had about, I think, about 300 creatives keep a journal for many, many, many months and kind of tracked what they found to be most motivating. And it turned out at the end of the day, what creatives find to be the most motivating thing is progress. They want to see progress. So that kind of came back full circle when I was talking to Dan Ariely. And, you know, he was, he was talking about this sense of progress that we get from email or we get from checking Twitter because it's like you're, you know, it's like you're ticking off a box. Okay, I responded to that email or I responded to that tweet. But in the grand scheme of your larger creative objectives, you were probably not accomplishing something that important, right? Like, you know, on my end, maybe I should be working on the outline of the third book or, you know, something else that requires me to shut off my email and really focus. But he sort of talks about how we weigh those little incremental steps of progress against something like, say, drafting an essay, which could take you, who knows, somewhere between two hours and 10 hours. 
But as you sit there thinking about that essay, right, maybe you're drafting it up and you're working on it for that first two hours and maybe you write a draft and then you just completely throw it away. And so it feels like those first two hours were a complete waste, you know, and then you're redrafting. And so you have this kind of ongoing process where these big creative projects, you know, maybe something that takes 10 hours of work, 30 hours of work or 50 hours of work, but maybe you have to put in 10 hours before you even feel like you've made any progress. And those 10 hours had to be put in, but somehow it still feels almost like they were wasted. You know, like, why didn't I arrive at that aha moment earlier? What took me so long? You know, with email, you have that instant gratification. And so to me, like, kind of understanding that psychology behind, like, how much we crave progress and how difficult it is to understand on long-term creative projects was really interesting. And, you know, the kind of takeaway from that, from, from Dan's point of view, was, well, we have to figure out how to make better progress markers for these long-term projects, you know, so that you can literally like see that you have made progress or that, that, that 10 hours that you, that first 10 hours you put in kind of wasn't, wasn't for naught. And we sort of were talking about different ways that you could tangibly do that, yeah. which I thought was really, really yeah. interesting. That's great. That's One true. question, since you are talking about managing your day to day and I ask this of every guest is in an ideal world, how do you start your day? In an ideal world, I start, well, I start my day with my, my most important creative work. I'm, you know, I think it's very common. I'm a writer and it's very common for writers to be morning people. And so for me, I have to, you know, I can't check my email in the morning. In an ideal world, I get up and, you know, I would write or do whatever my other big creative project was for the first two or three hours of the day you know, and only then start to look at things like email and other tasks that you kind of head into the day knowing that you've made some big headway on a serious project. But of course, that's that's an ideal world, which is, it's, it can be difficult sometimes. Right. But that's what the book's for, is to help us to all move towards more of our ideal world and our ideal creative <laughs> situation. So, Yeah, absolutely. And it was funny, one of some person, I don't, I don't know if you saw this, but some one of the readers had a you know, tweeted, he had just finished the book and he was like, I didn't check my email this morning. You know, I left it off for like two hours and nobody died and (laughs) everything was fine. And I got a lot more creative work done. Yeah. Well, I want everybody to go out and get the book. So I am going to go ahead and put the link to the book in the show notes for this episode. And it's been great to talk with you, Jocelyn. I'm just really glad that you guys are doing the work you're doing. It helps all of us. Oh, thank you so much, Eric. It's totally my pleasure, and um, yeah, it's fun to talk about this stuff because I think it's you know things that we all that we all struggle with, and we're all trying to do a better job. Yeah. Well, thanks again. All right. Take care. Well, that about wraps it up for another episode of Beyond the To Do List. Thanks again to Jocelyn for stopping by and speaking to me about her work at 99U and what they're all about, as well as especially the new book, Managing Your Day to Day. Again, if you want to stop doing busy work and start doing your best work, as I have read in this book, it is a great way to get a handle on some of those things regarding distractions or focus or just honing and sharpening your creative mind. You can find the link to go buy that in the show notes at Beyond thetodolist.com slash 35. And again, if this is your first episode, go ahead and go to beyondthetodolist.com slash iTunes to subscribe 
or go there if you found benefit from this episode and you'd like to leave us some feedback, you can leave it there as well. Thanks again, and we'll see you next episode. Beyond the To-Do List is a proud member of Noodle Mix Network at noodle.mx. Find more great podcasts like How to Podcast, Clean Comedy, Once Upon a Time, Christian Worldview, and more at noodle.mx. Think, laugh, and succeed by subscribing to our podcasts at noodle.mx.